<laughs> Welcome to show number three in Odyssey Journals. Randall Carlisle, I'm Trip Mitchell, and Beverly's our guest today. And Randall, tell me about Beverly and how you met her. I met, I work at Odyssey House, and I was doing something else, and she's one of our clients. And she just came up and started talking to me out of the clear blue and started telling me her story. And it, it touched my heart uh, because it's just it's a story of courage and determination. And when I found out we, we'd have a platform like this for her to tell her story, because it takes a while to tell, she has a long story, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I instantly thought of her because she's, she speaks well. She's, just, uh, she's, she's a perfect example of what can happen at Odyssey House when somebody deter- decides to de- turn their life around. And that's what she's doing right now. So, so Beverly, you're going to tell us your story in a sec. But you've had some real challenges in your life. Yes, I have. Do you feel confident that without drugs or alcohol in your life that things would be tremendously different? Um, they would have been tremendously different, but I wouldn't turn back and change anything because I'm, I'm the person that I am today. I've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of hurt, pain, sorrow. Um, but it's... Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't be sitting in the position I'm in if I wouldn't have ever done drugs. I wouldn't be here on ankle monitor facing five years in prison if I would have never done drugs because I needed to get high that bad. Um, my my need for drugs was to that point. And it was all-consuming the most important thing in your life? Yes. So tell our viewers who might never have been around anyone into drugs or alcohol what that drive and what that need is like. Can you articulate that? It is. My need for drugs was to the point where I would do anything and everything I had to do to get high. Um, to get my, my whiskey, um, I would beat people up. I was to the point where I, yeah, I would, I would hurt people. I would, I'm not the person I am today because of drugs. Um, um, I, I've robbed, stole, I've had sex. I've um, I've done a lot of things detrimental to my sanity because of drugs. And yeah, how does alcohol tie into that? Was that part- it was a major part, major part. If I went to probably been drinking, I probably went to started doing the math because I was such an alcoholic. Um, I, I ride a Harley and I I rode with a fifth of whiskey in my bra with a slurpy straw everywhere I went, every every day. I drank seven to nine fists a week, uh, more when I was out and about at the bars, um, and then I started on the meth. That must have been quite a picture, you driving in your Harley with yeah. uh, a bottle <laughs> in your bra with, with, with a my, straw. <laughs> you know. With Did, my mini skirt, my boots, in a snow, middle of a snowstorm, I would ride everywhere with a bandana around my face. That's how, that's how wasted I was. <laughs> Did you at least switch it from a whiskey bottle to a water bottle? Never. I didn't drink milk. I didn't drink. My fifth was next to my bed. When I finally did go to sleep, the first thing I woke up to was a fifth of whiskey, and I could slam it. I have 15 grandkids, and my grandkids would not drink anything in my house. That's how bad I drank. I was was gone. My grandkids would come over, and they wouldn't even pick up a soda. They wouldn't. If there was anything laying around, they would not drink anything. Or they smelt it. They wouldn't drink anything. And I just, I drank straight out of the bottle. I didn't even, ice... No ice. Mixed drinks, no soda, no nothing. Straight, 100-proof whiskey every single day. 
So the DABC must have loved you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She put a lot of money into her state coffers for yeah. her education and the school lunch fund. Yeah. 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 How did this whole... So can you take us back to the beginning? How did you first get introduced to alcohol and then drugs? I started drinking when I was 11. I had an aunt that they used to party on the weekends and they had a great time and I love them to death, but they got me drunk for the first time at 11. Um... At home wasn't very, my, my mom's never been an alcoholic, she never drank, never been to a bar, never smoked pot, she never done anything. My dad, on the other hand, was, is an alcoholic. He used to do heroin. Um, on occasions, um, I just found out a year ago I'm not his daughter. So when I was growing up, he would beat me a lot. Um, he'd break bones in my face, and I wasn't allowed to go to the doctors. I would be locked in rooms. And so when I would go to school, I would drink. I'd get drunk. I would sneak out of the house and get drunk. Um, from the pain. Um, I went through a lot of molestation. Um, I ran away at 13. I moved in with my best friend. And we were severely raped, both of us. We were taken to a field in the pitch black. It was just, it was pitch black. I seen the gun on the guy's lap, and I kept kicking him in the back of the head. Shana never talked again, and she never lived again. He took her last breath. I was holding her. Um... And that was all due to drinking. We wanted to go out, and we went out with these guys, and we got drunk, and she died. I survived. Um, I died a few times that night, but I, I'm here. I survived. By dying, you mean? We, we OD'd. Well, we actually, we OD'd. We made it through the field, and I actually worked through Odyssey House with this, with this thing that we do, the empty chair. Because a lot of my life was, was based on I used and drank because she didn't survive. I couldn't save her. And I drug was just like dragging her through the mud. I, I couldn't save her. So what happened, just to, to clarify this, you were using and met up with some really bad guys. Yes, a lot of them. And these guys took you and your best friend out to a field and raped you. Yes. And they, then, they, they raped me first, they made her watch, and then vice versa. And she never spoke again. And then she died of an overdose how much yes, later? Um, the next day. Did the were these gentlemen gentlemen were these guys ever prosecuted? Um, my my grandparents have the newspaper clippings. We just I moved town. I've lived in California, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Texas. I would just leave, so I left. Um, after she died, I didn't go back for for a long period of time. Um, um, I don't even know if they were ever arrested. Where was it? Where this, this is in New Mexico. Wow. Um, yeah. She, and she took her last breath. And how old were you at, the, at that we time? We were 15 at that time. That's scary. So yeah. go so, ahead and pick up your story from there. So you had the worst thing that can possibly happen. Your best friend die. Yeah. And then from there, I just moved. I got my first job. Um, I'm working at McDonald's in Arizona. Um, I bounced around a lot. I drank. Um, when I got paid, I would drink a lot. I just started drinking more and more. I started doing drugs, started doing acid. I would snort meth, you know, whenever I could, um, and just got worse and worse from there. And then I met my children's dad, and we, he moved me away from all that, and I just wouldn't stop drinking. I'd be gone for days at a time, and he would take care of the kids. Um, Did you drink during pregnancy? No. Well, I, I, that's the only time I ever quit. From age 11 to now, it's the only time I ever stopped drinking. So this, I'm, I get my six-month mark, December 18th, and that'll be six months that I'll be clean and sober without any of a craving or anything. Yay. So, yeah, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> First time in my life I've ever been proud of myself. I well, call my had, kids, yeah. You, 
so you're moving around, but you're. What's interesting is the fact that you cannot drink for nine months or eight months. Yeah. So you had that ability. I've always had that ability, yes, because it was a child in me, and it's. I don't know. I've always had from birth. I've had the caring. I have. A, you know, my heart is good. It's just I needed to get drunk, and I knew I would hurt that child, hurt the child I was carrying, and I would stop. And it, it continued on within a week after I gave birth. It, it started all over again. Wow. Do you... So part of that alcohol and drugs led to some criminality. Yes. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, well, throughout my life, I've been, I've been... I can't say lucky because it wasn't lucky that I didn't get arrested. I should, if I could turn back time now... I would I would have had it me being arrested with the charges I have now, twenty years ago, then I could have gotten this you know done, but things happen for a reason. Um, I've gotten arrested a few times, but bailed out. Had some pretty I was with some pretty good men in my life that I abused really bad. Um, I've worked on that too, but um, I've been bailed out and bailed out until June eighteenth. I got arrested. I never was expecting to be arrested. I um, did a favor for an acquaintance. And I was filmed doing it, and um, I got arrested. There was four army tanks in our front yard. There was snipers there. There was, yeah, it was a big deal. And I thought it was a joke. I thought it was on TV. I thought it was on a TV show. I still didn't face the reality of it. Went to jail. I laughed the whole time in jail. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get out. I had no charges, nothing. And then they took me from the Salt Lake County Jail. They took me to the federal courthouse. And I went through the federal court building doors, and I couldn't even breathe. For the first time, I was speechless. I, I, I just was in awe. And I still thought it was a joke. What were the charges? I had two, um, I was facing two 20-year sentences, distribution. I did two drops to federal agent. Of meth? Of meth, yes. And a drop, how much were in, in these drops? Um, they were quarter pounds. I, I, you know what, I, one of them was different from the other one, and I couldn't even tell you. I was, I was so far gone back then. And I have people that ask me questions about that, like how much money did I make? I don't even remember making money off of it. That's how far gone I was. And ironically, they're going looking at criminal justice reform right now in the federal. A lot of people are pushing that bill, including the president, and that would affect your sentencing on something like this. But right now, it's a tough, tough deal. Yes. And you're kind of the innocent link in that chain yes well i i'm ready to do my time i'm you know it's what i have to do that my 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 um me abusing drugs was that bad it was that far gone that you know i and i realized that now i had to process that in the odyssey house that you know i had something i did i needed to get high that bad that i'm i'm going to go do this time and i'm ready to face that see the the thing i think is amazing about her story she knows she's going to do federal prison time for delivering meth, large quantities of it. Uh, and so I suppose looking at it as a, as a recovering alcoholic, and you can share this too, she, she was faced with a whole bunch of options in her life before she goes to trial and goes to federal prison, and she ended up deciding to go to Odyssey House, which says to me, you know, she's got a real dedication to improving her life because it'd be real easy to say, screw it, at that point in time. I'm, I'm going to federal prison. Why should I even worry about getting sober? You know, yeah, and that, I, was, that was a big thing for me, too, because 
because I just, I got went to Odyssey House, I just started working on myself. I wasn't worried about, you know, my time, whatever. It was just that my, I'm living in, in the now time. And they sent me a letter um, about three, about, no, about a month ago saying that I have a, the mandatory sentence. I have to go. Even my attorney tells me, he goes, Beverly, if there's any success story I've ever had, it's you. From when, when I met you to now, you've just, you've come a million miles. But unfortunately, this is what has to happen. And a lot of people told me, why are you going to stay here? Why the hell are you going to stay in this crazy, chaotic place, you know, and, and just, just go. Just go, you know. Your PO will understand. Just go. You're going to go do your time anyway. And that's not what I want in my life anymore. If I just go, I'm just going to leave that behind me. I'm going to have regrets for just going and not working on myself, and I'll end up using again. And that's not what I want in life. I want to be a positive, productive person in this in society. I want to, I'm going to advocate for recovery for the rest of my life. And me just going, I'm just giving up like I always have. Because it's easy to give up. I mean, who doesn't just want to give up, you know? It's easy just to push it behind you. A lot of people you. would have in your yeah, situation. Yeah, and, and they do. A lot of people run, I mean, on a daily basis at Odyssey House. Because it's a, it's a tough program. And unless, unless you want to really fix yourself. Because it's all behavior modification. When you work on those behaviors, you can work on your Everything else comes easy. You know, I can go do time. I'm going to get an education while I'm there. You know, so God had to put me in a place where he had me stuck for enough time to be, to have dry time, to be there long enough to be sober enough to make these decisions. Because if I would have got out a week later, a month later, I'd went right back to the same crap I was doing. Because I wouldn't, it, my mind wouldn't have been right. So God said, hey, you are an important person in this world. We need you. I want to be the change I want to see in this world. So it's, it's taken some big things, you know, in order for my life to become what I want it to become. And I'm grateful for that, you know. Through, through all the pain and sorrow I've had and the people I've lost, it's okay. You know, it's made me, because I'm a, I'm a positive person. I told Sabrina, I spread the positivity everywhere I go. <laughs> it's, you know, life is good. Life, I couldn't, I Little couldn't Mary Sunshine. Yeah, here, I just, yes. I, I just yeah. blows positivity to everyone on the tracks, yeah. you know. And Were you a thing. different person on drugs oh, and alcohol? Oh, yes. Tell, Very much so. Compare and contrast the Beverly um, today as opposed to the Beverly nine months ago. Um, <laughs> they used to call me Barbarian Bev on a bike. Yeah, because I ride my Harley. They could hear me coming. Barbarian um, Bev bar on a bike. Bar barbarian Bev on a bike. A I carried a, bat, carried a bat with me at all times. I would as knock well a guy should. out. I would knock a guy out in 2.2 seconds. So, you know, I, I, was, I was mean. If I didn't get what I wanted, I was very impulsive, and I would kick somebody's ass. I, you know, I would fight. Um, now I'm Barbarian Bev with a Bible. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a, lot a big difference. Yeah, yeah. A lot better gas mileage. Easier yeah, to ride during the winter. Yes. Yeah, yes. I wouldn't even dare do it now. How I survived that, I don't know. I would ride in a snowstorm. You know, and I'd be, and they'd be like, damn it, you put more, with you know, the miles in. with the bottle in my bra, with the slurpy straw, always a slurpy straw. And I would just, I would drink it just like this, riding my bike everywhere. Did, to back, sidetrack for a second, did you ever get pulled over that no. way? No. So, no, never. Cops would pass me and it'd be coming down snowing and I'd be on my bike and there I went and I'd take a drink of my whiskey next to a cop and I'd nod at them and they'd nod back. I don't know how I never killed myself or anybody else. Thank God I, I never did. To have to face that would be, you know, deprimental. It'd be, yeah, it'd be horrifying. But um, yeah, I, I'm surprised that I never did. Sliding in the snow everywhere, in a miniskirt with boots on and a bandana on my face with a bottle. 
<laughs> and it paints quite a picture. Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And, and now you see that a lot in Salt Lake. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of women riding miniskirts, drinking yeah. booze, yeah, and sure. a motorcycle during the winter. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like she was standing out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is truly amazing from law yeah. enforcement's perspective. Yeah. Never. And I just the idea of a woman it. wearing a miniskirt in the winter riding a bike would think when it's that snowing. maybe there's not a lot of sobriety involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Beat red, my leg would be beat red, and I would, I'd ride all over the place. Ironically, the, yeah. the gentlemen and women who pull you over are motorcycle cops. That's their, what their function is, yeah. and they're not crazy enough to ride during the winter. So yeah, you, you're right. You beat that one yeah. there. So there, there's a tremendous difference in the Beverly from nine months ago. What would you tell people who are watching who have a loved one who's going through a drug or an alcohol addiction? Why should they continue to show love? Why should they try to support them and help them get to the point where you are now? Just never give up on them. I mean, you know what I mean? There's a, there's a behavioral, there's something behavioral going on inside. And sometimes, you know, because I, I wouldn't listen. I've had lots of loved ones try to help me, and I would not listen. I just wouldn't. I know what I'm doing. I know what I want, you know, and I'm grown, and you know. But um, just don't give up on them. Because there's nothing, I don't think there's nothing you can actually tell somebody that's going to want them to change. They need to want to change themselves. But you can spread that. Like, like I'm going to be an advocate for recovery. I mean, there's, sometimes there's things that you can hear, but it's all in, within yourself. I mean, and story. I guess stories can make a difference. Because I've watched a million stories, and nothing's ever changed me um, until I wanted to change. I think scared, being scared to death just did that for me. So walking into the federal courthouse. Yes, and, and facing never getting out. That, that changed me. You know, and it doesn't change some people. We have federal people all the time. They just don't want, you know, they don't want that. I, I really don't, I really can't, I don't know how to answer that, you know. I, I don't know what to tell people because I'm going to go on the streets. When I get out of prison, I'll be on the streets helping people. You know, and I feel like, well, if you tell one person, they can spread it to another person to another person. You know, it's all in just in the individual. Just don't give up on your family members. Don't give up on the people out there, anybody, even a stranger. Because I'm the type of person, when I'm walking down the street, if somebody has their head hung low, I'm, I'll make sure they, they look at me and I say, Hi, how you doing? You know, life is good. Just, just let them know life is good. Life is great. Smile. Smile. When people smile, it changes a lot of energy in the room. So, you know, when people see somebody smiling, and I, I'm, I've, I mean, I'm scarred everywhere. Um, some people look at me when I'm smiling, and I've stabbed myself probably about 18 times. I've, I'm scarred. I mean, I'm completely scarred. You've tried to kill yourself? How oh, many? yeah. I would I would get so mad on my, my drug use, I would stab myself over and over. My legs are covered in scars. I slit my own throat. I have scars across my throat here, all back here. Back here, I have 18 stab marks all through my, out my arms. Yeah, I have holes everywhere in my legs. I've cut all my arms up. Yeah, I've got chunks missing. Um, that's how bad I was using and drinking. You just wanted in, to end in. the pain. It wasn't even wanting to end it. I would just get pissed off if I didn't get my way. That, that's how numb I was. That's how numb my brain was. I would just I would tell people they were stupid and stab myself as I was doing it. You know. That intriguing approach. Well, yeah. You know, and I, you know, and it, it's. And, and she said she was being selfish, I guess. At I was the time. very selfish. And, and, you know, and I I'm think grateful. all of us is in recovery admit that while we were doing whatever it is we were doing was totally selfish. I mean, I was 
you know, that's why I went through four wives, you know, because what mattered to me was drinking and, and that mattered much more to me than, than my wife being happy. And then the more my wife would complain about it, my wives, and one at a time, not all four together. Uh, I was going to say, you know, Randall. You're very conservative, Randall. Yeah. Not here, I realize You that. wanted to see half your money go <laughs> one yeah. each time. But, you know, and, the, and I don't know if, if you can relate, uh, but the more the more my partner would complain about what I was doing, the more I'd do it. it. Yeah. You know, and it just, you know. So, so we're also, I, I, I think the act of being addicted is, is very selfish. I mean... Because yeah. you're thinking about yourself, that's all. Yeah, yeah, your sure. your needs and wants. Yeah. When it comes to alcohol, do you find that, is there any way you can quantify what's worse, the drugs or the alcohol, at least in your case? Um, probably the alcohol. Um, well, I don't know. They're probably, I can't, I can't compare them, really, because they're both mind-altering to the point where, you know, you're not yourself. But I think the alcohol, because you lose yourself, um... But I drank so much alcohol, I was to the point where I didn't even get drunk. I would drink a hundred proof whiskey. I mean, a fifth wouldn't even phase me. Um, but the alcohol does promote the the drug use, and then to be on both, yeah, I was a maniac. Yeah, I and mean, that's one of the everything. things when it comes to pot. So we're in an environment where marijuana will be at some point legal in this country. Oh, it's yes. already legal in Canada. Yeah. And one of the scary things about pot is that sometimes it lessens your ability to say no. Yeah. In some respects. It certainly, there are a lot of people who promote pot. There are a lot of attributes. You never see people smoke weed getting in a bar fight. Yeah, or going in, you know, getting in a car crash or, or just fighting with their spouses. The most they usually do is just, you know, they raid the fridge. On <laughs> the other hand, <laughs> does it lessen your defenses to maybe not go to hard drug use? I don't know the answer to this because I never... Alcohol was my challenge. It was never drugs. But um, it's kind of scary to see that we're going to get a large portion of the country that are going to be, by the time your kids or your grandkids are in their 20s. My kids are 30. Yeah. (laughs) Weed is going to be something that's out there. Randall, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I've talked to a lot of people in our program who their primary addiction is drugs of some kind. And many of them go to AA meetings uh, mm-hmm. And don't drink because they say just sort of what you were referring to. Okay, my drug of cho- I mean, this is the person talking. My drug of choice is heroin or meth, but and and alcohol, you know, whatever. I, I don't really care that much about it. But after I have a couple of drinks, I'm more likely to yeah. find some heroin or meth. You know, and that's, and that's the scary starts. thing. That's where it starts for me anyway. I know I can never drink again. Well, I know if I even tasted alcohol, it's going to lead to my meth use. What is the the feeling on meth? Can you describe that? Um, I think because I'm so hyperactive, I think I just calm, like I mellows me out. Like, But I used to be so drunk doing the drug that it used to sober me up. So I don't even know if I really know what the feeling is like because I drank so much. <laughs> that you I was, did the math. Yeah, so I'd be drunk by the time I was doing meth. You know, it was just to sober me up usually. And then I was just pretty much lost. Like, when I would get high on meth, I was just lost. I would just do all kinds of nonsense. Like, just lose myself in cleaning and doing just stupid stuff that I wouldn't normally do. How did you make a living all those years? <laughs> yeah, good, good question. I worked. I worked a lot. I, I, I did work a lot. Um, I, the last year, I got so bad that 
um, my ex was done with me. He had to leave me for somebody else in order for me to go. And he always tells me I'm his movie star and he's so in love with me, but he had to do something that bad because he couldn't handle me anymore. I used to go over there and cut myself up and I tore up all his furniture and I just I would just ride my bike through his fences. I've kicked his doors in a hundred times, broke his windows. I would, and he's the one that bought me my Harley, ten thousand dollars off showroom floor, and yeah, and he had to do that to to get rid of me. Um, yeah, I just in the last year, I just I just would do favors for people. I'd go clean their yards or clean their houses. I was good at that. I took care of people. And the two favors that didn't work out well were delivering meth. Yes. And that was literally a favor that you did. Yes, it was for I, somebody was asked me to do it for them. And I said no at first because it was just like, you know, why wouldn't you do it yourself? You know, why wouldn't you go do it yourself? And But I was so far gone in my addiction and in my alcoholism that I did it, and this is where I'm at. Wow. And, and this was, because we've talked about this before, uh, and this was a so-called friend of hers who asked her to do it and probably knew that it was a setup, and the friend may have done this whole thing so that the friend could get a lesser sentence in terms of charges. She had been in federal prison herself, but I never thought in a million years. I mean, she I cut all my hair off for this girl. She got breast cancer, and um, I cut all my hair off for her, everything. I never thought in a million years, because she said, this guy's from school. I've known him my whole life. You know, so I said, okay, I trust you. And I went and did it. Never, never did in a million years that I think this was going to happen. So I didn't get arrested for like six months after this, this incident happened. So I'm carrying on and just carrying on with life and getting more and more, you know, messed up. And, and I just, yeah, my life was More than was likely not good. at that point, the feds were monitoring your communication. Of course they were. They were building a case, you know. Well, yeah, that's what we're working on now because, yeah. So. Hmm. so tell me what it was like when you first walked into Odyssey House. <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> these I, guys, I took, I, I took him through... Through the adult house where where you are right now, yeah, and and they both observed. I describe it every time I take an outsider, and it's organized chaos. Yeah, uh, but, it was but, so when what, when I walked through the doors, <laughs> I just kicked out of jail. I went from jail to the federal courthouse. They put an ankle monitor on me, and then I went straight there. Um, I sat there, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, that's how far gone I was. This is how, what, you know, I was so bad in my drug use. This is where I'm sitting now. And this is what I have to, I have to do. I didn't, I, I back now I say I get to do this. I don't, I don't have to do this. Back then I was like, oh my God, I have to do this. I'm going to go back to jail. And I didn't want to go back to jail. It was chaotic. People were running back and forth. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it through this. I'm not, I'm, I'm leaving. I call my kids. And I'm, like, I'm not staying here. Put me back in jail. And they're like, no, Mom, you, you got this. You, you know, you've come this far, you, you got this. And so I stayed, and now I just, it's just noise. It doesn't even, doesn't How did you find me. out about Odyssey House? My children found it when I was in jail. They wanted nothing to do with me. When I went to jail, my kids weren't even speaking to me. I wasn't allowed at their houses. Um, I was not allowed in their lives at all. They wouldn't answer their phone for me or nothing. But about a month into jail, they started calling Odyssey House. And when I walked in the door, Brandon was like, I know all your kids. I know all your kids. They call here every single day. They never gave up on so me. So it was the ultimate act of love for them. Yes. Is to find yes. Odyssey House. And at that point, they had no anticipation it would work. None whatsoever. This was just a crapshoot. Yeah. And they just they just didn't want me to die in jail. 
They thought, you know, because my alcoholism was so bad that they didn't want me to die in jail. And so, but they fought hard for me. They called the program every single day, every day, every day. And then... And there's a waiting list to get in. Yes, there so is. So you were very lucky to get in. I was very lucky. It was the grace of God. It was the grace of God I got these charges. It was a blessing I got these charges to begin with. How about, so you're in an Odyssey house. It's hell on earth for a couple of days. Yeah, for, no, for longer than that. <laughs> Do you remember the moment where it clicked and you got some of the old Beverly back, where you got some of that enthusiasm? Um, Is there a moment? By um, the therapist there um, who called me a con artist. And um, that's when I just knew. I just knew I, my life was worth living. I'm, I'm, I've been conning my way through life all messed up that... Um, you know, I can con my way into being sober, and I'm going to enjoy it. And I just, it was just them. I just, I just knew. It clicked. It just clicked then. Be- because the therapist, a therapist could call you on, on, my, on, on my crap stuff. Yes. Yeah. For the first time in my life. Really? Yeah, for the first time in my life. And this therapist and had been out there. Yes, I, done prison time. One of the amazing things that Randall had an opportunity to show Lee and I a week ago is that the people who, the therapists, are not people who grew up in Connecticut and went to Harvard. No. no. These are people who've been on the streets and can call BS when it's... Yeah. And that's what that's what I needed in my life. Because I've been in therapy a hundred times. You know, if it's somebody that just read a book, you know, went to school, went to college and stuff, I'm not going to click with them. They're not going to understand where I'm coming from. And there's a therapist there that did federal prison time. And he just seen everything. He told me everything about myself without me telling him. How and did that feel? It was, it was amazing. I was just like, whoa. Okay, you know, somebody does care enough to, to see these flaws in me that I, you know. And I, I've changed my life since then. Every day's been better. I mean, I love the Odyssey House. I would never leave there. I would not leave, you know, on bad terms ever. I got probably about five weeks left. I'm, I'm to the highest level, and it was the help through those therapists there. They got me here. Do you think there's a chance that prior to your going to court in February, you could end up working? At- oh, I'm, I have an application. I'll be peer support there at Odyssey House after I do my prison. I will be, I'll be um, part-time peer support there. I already have an application to work there. I've got full support of all the staff. Yes, that's my goal. Well, I think that Odyssey House would be much better to have someone with your level of positivity. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a word? Positivity, yeah, positivity yeah, yes. Because sure. I spread it all around yeah. every day. How did you, so your kids found out about Odyssey House. Have you, is there a story that you can tell us about someone, aside from yourself, that you've gotten a chance, you get to know a lot of people. What are some of the amazing stories that you've heard about some other people? Oh my gosh! Um, the people that come from the, the homeless people. Um, there's a girl. There's a girl I've met that just um, this the sex slaving stuff and and just um, the stuff they did to have a place to to live or something to eat. Those those stories really touched me. Like oh my god, I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. I've gone through a lot of stuff, but I can't imagine ever having to live like that for for my addiction. I'm to that to that level, and and they're amazing people now. I mean, she she's come so far, and I just I'm so intrigued with her by just by her waking up every morning, and just and functioning, and not being scared anymore, and that amazes me. I love to watch the growth there. 
Um, I'm in structure department, so I get to sit in. I get to sit in all the groups, and and watch these people when they first come in, and to where they they just they evolve in their you know recovery and their sobriety, and it's just amazing. I I love it. There's there's no story that's not amazing to me. There, everybody has an amazing story if you just listen. It's all about listening. And it's not necessarily people who are homeless. There are a lot of people who come from so-called good families, yeah. come make a lot of money, and see their lives dissolve in front of them yeah. because of addiction. Heroin is a bad one. Heroin, I've seen people that were, you know, they had it all. They had their big houses and, and lived with, you know, their their families went to church every Sunday, and they were in the Mormon, you know, church, and everything was great, and they were married and had, you know, their children there and, you know, did all the right stuff, and then all of a sudden tried heroin and lost it all, lost everything. Why do people try heroin? I don't know, because that's one thing I've never tried. My dad was a heroin addict, so I, I and why? I just, because my, my addiction was so bad, that, and I, I had it several times. I just never would do it. I put I'm, it in my I'm head. I'm amazed you didn't because you would do yeah. anything, right? Yeah, I, I would I mean, do. I mean, yeah. I've done ass. I've done everything else except for heroin. It's probably because my dad was a heroin addict. Just the same wow. reason I don't make tortillas. Because <laughs> my dad said all women were good for was making tortillas, and I'll be damned if I'm going to make a tortilla. <laughs> As well, you shouldn't. Be. <laughs> Plus, they're a dollar in the store, yeah. so let's not get into practical issues. <laughs> when, when you talk to people who've had it all, how jarring... A situation is that for them to have had the heights and to be down at the bottom. How, how, is there kind of a couple stories that you can relate to there? How people turn themselves around? Turn themselves. Around. I don't know. I I have, <laughs> I have a hard time with that because I think the people that have had it all they're still like struggling because they don't not understanding where they came from. Sometimes a lot of times that when people I don't I don't know how to explain it. Um, the people that I know that have had it all, they're, they're having a tough time, like, struggling to, to, to realize that they're where they're at, you know, because sometimes money, because they've had money in their lives, they think money's going to come back in their lives, and it's just going to fix everything um, to where when you've had real struggle. I mean, everybody has a real struggle, but just, I mean, the hardships. You can't buy your um, way out of addiction. You can't buy your way out of addiction, no. And, Randall, you and I talk about some of the care, some of the treatment centers that are gilded you know yeah. there's sixty thousand dollars a month and you have massages and oh yeah and private but, chefs and what would that have done to you oh, i mean no. if you'd have gone into a place like that for 30 days only because that's <laughs> all the insurance will cover i would be know. an addict the rest of my life yeah i would i would be an addict the rest of my entire life you, you have to go through a hard program i still maintain yes. you have to go through a hard program and it doesn't necessarily have to be odyssey but a hard program like odyssey with real people yes yeah. Because I mean, if I was to go to them classy places, I would have, oh, I can, I, I would have skated my way right through that thing. You I would have manip- I would have manipulated the the therapists there that were book smart. I, yeah, I would have manipulated them. I would have got out, got my massages, been all fancy free, and <laughs> I would have went out and went out and used again. I wouldn't have never gotten myself where I am now. And I'm, I will stay sober because I will never go back to a, to a place like this again, ever. I will never put myself back in a place like that because I'm worth more than, than what I've given myself a chance to be. Mm. And so, I told you she had an incredible story. And yeah, was, I'm, I'm still picturing. I, I, <laughs> I went out to drive to work today and zipped up my jacket. I had gloves on inside my car. I'm feeling a little bit like I've not as macho. 
on my best day as you were on your worst day. You know, it, it, as it relates to your question about how people recover and what she's observed, um, you think about the picture that she's painted of of the of the babe on a on a motorcycle with <laughs> yeah, a bottle a in her bra. Then. Okay, and and then you see her now, and you hear her talking so intelligently and so positively and so optimistically. And it goes to show, in my opinion, what alcohol and drugs does to your brain in, in terms of the, of the way people act out at that point in time. And it really is not a true indication of who they are, because I yeah. think this is truly who she is. And people never got a chance to see that while she was high all the time. You yeah, know. no one. No I mean, one don't, don't you love this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, new, I mean, I wouldn't have mind seeing that once on a motorcycle. But I think somebody but, has it on film. <laughs> I, I just would not like to see that person behind me. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see them passing me. But I mean, she's a wonderful person now. She's a great gift to humanity. And if if some of our viewers happen to be religious, you know, testimony to virtually every religion is you never give up on people. Right. That the most important thing yeah. is human life, whether you're Jewish, Muslim, Christian, whatever. Uh, human life is something you don't want to ever waste. No. And when you look at a program like Odyssey House, your job and Randall, you're part of it as, as part of the team there, is to make sure that no life is wasted. Right, and 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 you know a lot of lives turn around like Beverly's, but like she said in the very beginning, even though you need to love somebody in your family and, and offer them support and help all you can, if somebody doesn't want help, Odyssey's not going to work. The Rich Program for 60000 a month right. isn't going to work. Nothing's going to, you know, nothing is going to work until right. you want to change. That's right. You know, and whatever forces that change, and sometimes it's, you know, the ACLU cries out about some of the arrest down on Rio Grande and everything, but what that's done is force some people into drug court, which forced them into treatment, which then has resulted in a large turnaround in their lives. And, and so it's true. whatever it's it is. True. I mean if you wouldn't have been busted for the meth delivery, would would you be doing what you're doing? No, now? I, w I would not. I probably I wouldn't even be alive. I don't think I would have survived this long. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have. And so it's a blessing that I did get arrested. It's a blessing I was charged with what I was charged with. It was a blessing that I was, you know, my OPO didn't give up on me because if yeah. I would have been off probation, I would have just, I wouldn't have got these charges. So, yeah, it was a blessing because God needed to keep me still long enough to let me know how important I was in order to be important in this world. And without these charges, I would have never done this, ever. Without the Odyssey House, never given up on me. With my peers I have now, I have a newfound family. It's amazing. I mean, I will never give that up, ever. But you, know, you had to like, want to change. I had to want to change. Of course you know. I did. It's up to, to me because there's people there that get up to Navigator and just leave because they get busted with the cigarette or something, you know what I mean? And then they just leave the program and then they have that guilt and I've seen them on the tracks and then they're just wasted again. And it makes me so sad. But I tell them I love them all the time. I love them and we're here for you when you need us. You know, whenever you need someone, I'm, we're here to support you. So never, I'll never give up on anybody. Anybody, even if they fall down, I'll never give up on them. You know, Randall, how many people currently are in treatment at Odyssey House? Well, we have inpatient and outpatient. Probably, we probably deal with about 700 clients a day uh, between all our different houses that are residential and then our outpatient program and then our program in the jail. Uh, I just went 
the other day to uh, our program in the jail is CATS. I think, it, what does it stand for? Criminal Addiction Treatment Services or something, corrective, yeah. something like that. And they do a, <laughs> and we have three pods in the jail, two male and one female. And they basically are going through Odyssey's program. It's administered by Odyssey and it's a three-month program. And basically they're doing the same stuff that they are at the residential place, only theirs is more residential because <laughs> yeah, they, can, they can walk out and, and <laughs> in the jail they can't. But the other day they, they, uh, they're they given a theme, each pod, to do a Christmas skit. And then nice. they have to write it and figure and use whatever props <laughs> like paper and and magic markers which is all they have in in in, in the jail pod uh, and so we we just saw the christmas skits the other day that's and awesome it, and it's and it's it's amazing what they do and it's and they talk about the same kind of turnaround and they're in jail you know well, we did we did the skits in the camping Odyssey house went camping yeah. we did skits on the on the staff there at the Odyssey House, and I won first place. Um, I did Carolina. Do you, you know Carolina there? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I I did her. I just get on her, and I won first place. So yeah, that's awesome to do that. It's yeah. so fun. It's I've done so many things in the Odyssey House that I never thought I would ever do. I mean, we they went camping for what four days, five About days a week. They, uh, I didn't get uh, to stay up, up in the mountains. I think in where was it? It was in Pine View. Up yeah, by, it, was, Ogden, it was in apparently. the Ogden Valley. Uh, yeah, beautiful they got place. to stay a week. I get, I didn't get to stay the okay. night. I had to be transported back and forth because okay. my judge wouldn't let me. But so part of the thing that it sounds like creativity is one of the things that opens up without drugs yeah. or alcohol. Yes, a, a lot of that. The colors that are outside are amazing. I never <laughs> knew this world was so colorful ever, ever. Forty nine years old, and I never realized how colorful the world really is the leaves the rocks the buildings down here because we walk a lot we have to take tracks and i never thought i'd ride a tracks or a bus because i rode my bike across the street to buy cigarettes you know i never walked anywhere but just the amazing buildings there there is i mean the people there's some amazing people i talk to everybody wherever i go on the tracks walking down the street everywhere <laughs> I, just, I always pick up conversations with everybody and just life is just good life is amazing and where I never left the house unless it was to go to the bar. You know, I never, I never did anything. I didn't want, I never answered the door for anybody. I didn't want to answer my phone. My kids quit calling me because I wouldn't even answer the phone anymore. I was just so messed up. And now I just, I love going out. I love going out just to go for a walk around the block. Just to see how many people I just say good morning to. That's my thing. Are people typically pretty responsive to some yes. stranger saying good morning yes and i when i take my people out my when i structure people they're just like they look at me and they're just like oh my god that you're so embarrassing because <laughs> i just if i see people like on the tracks and they're just like slap down and i'm like i'm going to spread the positivity and i blow them some some you know wishful wishful uh, fairy dust and and i bring them up you know life is life is too happy to be sad there's always something we can do to help somebody you know, regardless of what it is. Well, Beverly, your story is inspiring, kind of amazing. <laughs> and we wish you all the luck Thank you. in the world. But it sounds like when your kids showed that persistence that they got from you. Yes. To get you into Odyssey House, those were the most important phone calls ever in your life. Ever in my life. If it wasn't for my kids, I would not be where I am right now. I'd still be sitting in the Weber County Jail. And Randall, in your situation, going from TV to working at Odyssey House, it's... It, 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 obviously, if, if, if anybody watching could, could hear that a place that they work at produces something <laughs> like this, 
I mean, it's total inspiration, and it's total, you know, it it makes you feel so good about where you work. We went down to visit you on a Monday, and most people Monday is blah, (laughs) and we're walking into all these, all the campuses, all the buildings, and that joy of seeing colors. Oh, I know. I mean... She is an inspiration, I think, you know, and I, and I go to work every day, you know, and, and, and like I say, we have a lot of failures, too. You know, we'll readily admit that. You've seen yes, a lot of people I, walk I, out. We're daily. not a lockdown facility. She could have walked out anytime she wanted. Instead, she stuck it out, and she can tell her story like this. And I didn't, I, I didn't handpick her to bring her out here. She came up to me and just started talking to me. And I thought, wow, what a charming person <laughs> with quite a story to tell. And there's so many. You ask her about stories at Odyssey. There are so many stories. Yeah. That's why she's probably thinking. I mean, you know, she thought of, of one that she, in particular. But I could, I swear to God, if I could take you in any Odyssey facility and you could just point to somebody and, and say, are you willing to talk to me and tell me your story? And their story would be maybe not riding around on a bike with with, with a bottle of booze. <laughs> they in might the have bar. been skateboarding <laughs> but, around. But, with yeah, them. I mean, but but every one of their stories would probably yes, be equally shocking, surprising, inspiring, depending on what the story was. And everybody there has a story like that. So I mean, think about working in a place like that, yeah. where you hear stories like that all the time, and you see success like that. I mean, it's. Best job I ever had. And that's the best part of it is watching people grow. I mean, it's like having a newborn baby and watching them just grow. That's, and that's how I feel like when I'm, I have hard days there when I just don't want to be there sometimes. You know, sometimes like, oh, God, I'm too old for this. Um, I just, I see the growth in people and just in the ambition to, to want to grow and the love we have there as peers. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, for for us to go on a bus ride to go bowling, and there's people from different cultures that look different, from different ways of life, and different drugs, and different you know just everything, and we're all on a on a van going to go bowling, and we just love each other so much that we're so excited, and we just high five each other and great job, and it's just it's so it's amazing, it's the most amazing thing I've ever endured in my life, ever. And it so, sounds so counterintuitive that you wish you would have gotten arrested 20 years ago. <laughs> yes. yes. Then she wouldn't be one of I the would, oldest yeah. people at the I, I am residence. The, I am the second oldest person there. So it's like, such so days, and I have rheumatoid arthritis, and I, I, my legs are on fire, but I'm getting up the stairs. Come on, we can do this. You it's, saw those stairs. Yeah. You have to go yep. up. Up and to down. To get to the dining area. My federal you know. PO came to see me, and he's just like, what do you do on a daily basis? Your monitors. I'm just like, um, I'm up and down, up and down. Then you see me slowing down. <laughs> by dinner time, is slow down, because I'm just, yeah. Well, my it, eyes it, will... Beverly, your story has really been... Very inspiring, and you're a delightful woman, and <laughs> I wish you all the best in the future. And, Thank you. And it, when you get a little older in life, when you find recovery, sometimes the urgency is much more pronounced. Yes. Because, you know, you I have agree. only so many days on this planet. Yes. And uh, live, living in them fully, and the, most, the best thing you said was color. I love that. Yeah. You and can see in color now. Yeah, because I didn't before. When yeah. I went through treatment, I, I did IOP at uni, and, and you know, they have a beautiful setting up there, up against the hills, and then looking out on the valley on the other side. And I, I remember sitting in a therapist's office, and, and it, I think it was fall, and I was finally coming out of my alcoholic haze, and, and I noticed, the, I said, wow, 
those leaves are beautiful on those trees. <laughs> that's and she <laughs> she told me it's funny that you said that because she told me she said that's the best sign I've seen that you're actually recovering and getting better. Yeah. And, and it was seeing colored leaves on a tree. Yeah. Wow. I know. That's, yeah. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Beverly. Thank for you for having down. me. For Randall Carlisle, great show, by the way. Thank I, you so I much. I would be good. <laughs> you, I can spot talent. <laughs> <laughs> you underpromised and overdelivered. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time on Odyssey Journal. Thanks for watching.